Um, the late uh, Pastor John Osteen uh, uh, said one day that when he was younger, he just tried to just preach and preach and preach and preach and say, one day he just realized, wait a minute, I'm the pastor. I don't have to say it all at one time. <laughs> <laughs> so it's taken me a lot longer than John, but, but uh, I'm going to just share a little bit from my heart today with you uh, on the kingdom of heaven. My subject is the kingdom of heaven is like, and then we'll tell you what it's like. Too many believers sort of make up things as they go about God. I know you may not believe that, but, but they, they do. They'll just tell you things about God, and, and not, not in the Bible, you know, they're not in, in uh, the books you've read, but they still believe those things about God. They just sort of make up things. They, they make up God based on their feelings. Uh, but Jesus has brought heaven to us, and he has shown us uh, the very kingdom of heaven. He talks about the kingdom of heaven, and he talks about what he has ushered in. He has ushered in this kingdom of heaven, and he has brought it to the earth. But the kingdom of heaven does not quite look like what Old Testament prophets thought. Now, let me be clear. <clears throat> I'm not saying they were mistaken. I'm just saying that when you read the prophets, some of the things they saw, they saw in a great distance, and they didn't always see the things that were close up. You know, so it's sort of like you're looking way down the road, and you see all these things down the road, and there's something between you and what you see. Does that make sense? So, so they, didn't, they didn't see, they saw Israel being a righteous kingdom. They saw the kingdom of God coming. They saw all of those great things, but they didn't see the in-between times. You know, they didn't see uh, this interim period as clearly as you and I see. Paul says that, um, that these things that we are experiencing were not revealed to the Old Testament prophets as they have been to the, the present apostles and New Testament prophets. He said they were not revealed like this. And so the church is something that, that Jesus brought uh, to re uh, reality that the Old Testament prophets weren't seeing all this. They saw Israel clearly, but they didn't always see these things. So Jesus gives us uh, a, a picture uh, of, of heaven, the, this kingdom that we are part of. Paul tells us that we have been uh, delivered from the power of darkness. That's, those of us who are saved have been delivered from the power of darkness, and we have been transferred or, or, or translated uh, into or conveyed into the kingdom of his beloved son. And uh, so, so this is what, where we live in this particular hour. Now, when we talk about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God on the earth in this particular time period, it doesn't quite look like many of us have imagined it would look like. It, it, it's not like, as it were, uh, a place where nobody acts bad, or no one has a wrong opinion or view of things. It's not. All of that is, the, is together at this particular juncture. That, that means that if you have this many people in, in a room, and as we have today, somebody's here who is here, they're in church with us, but not even saved. I don't want that to be you. You can say, not me, I'm saved. You, know? you can do that. But there's somebody who's not saved. And, and so that's good. Now, I'm not talking about the person who came because the Holy Spirit was drawing them. I'm saying somebody who may have been worshiping uh, for 15 years. 
when we lived in, in, in Egypt a number of years ago, we lived in Egypt one, one day, uh, a woman who had been teaching Sunday school for maybe 20 years or so, 20 years or so, went to the pastor and said, Pastor, I, I just realized I've never been saved. I never gave my heart to Jesus Christ, and I want to do that. I want to do that. Well, the, uh, the pastor we had at that time uh, postponed it, you know, which he needed some, oof, you know, but anyway. But the problem is she realized one day, I'm not even saved. You know, so there, that's what this kingdom of heaven looks like. So Jesus uh, paints pic, uh, word pictures for us. And so I would like for us today, using Jesus's words, to paint uh, word pictures of the kingdom of heaven. The, that means the, the rule of heaven, heaven's ruling in our lives, the things that God wants. Uh, I told you a number of, of years ago that I was reading in Matthew chapter 6 many, many years ago, and I was reading uh, the Lord's Prayer. Uh, uh, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the Holy Spirit said, go back and look at that again. And I read it again. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And what the Holy Spirit was showing me is that heaven is, is a place where there's one will. And it's heaven because there's one will. We have so much hell on earth because there are multiplicity of wills. And, and, and of course, hell is hell because they're locked in forever, all those, those various wills. And so we are people who must ask that the will of God be done here as it is in heaven. And, uh, and uh, as I said in the first service, I, I went to a church where they thought, uh, when I was a boy, they, they said, uh, we're, we're, we're the people, we're the only true church because, you know, we've got the Holy Spirit and we've got this and that. And I uh, used to sing a song that would say, and I'm not, I'm not bashing them at all. I mean, these are my roots. And so I said, uh, uh, they sing the song, uh, we are the church of... We are the church of... I'm not going to tell you the name of the church. Where you cannot join in, you've got to be born in. We are the church. So that meant that, that unless you were born again, you were not a member of the, the true church of God, is what that meant. But we sort of took it to mean our denomination, which we said there's not a denomination as a way. So what I'm saying is, is that going to church does not mean that you're right with God. And we don't hear these things much anymore in our churches. But I, I believe that the Lord Jesus wants them told because there is this period of time between the first advent of Christ and the, the second advent of Christ. Uh, there is this period that we're living in, and there's all kinds of stuff happening. And Jesus tells us not to be all messed up and wounded when people don't act right. This is what he's saying, because some of us really get the hiccups when people don't act right, don't we? You might as well say, you know, because uh, even I do sometimes. I rebuke myself. I don't think I do as much as I used to. Let's look at scriptures. What is the kingdom of heaven like? And we'll give you as much as we can. We'll add some more Wednesday. Matthew 13, verses 31 through whichever I get through. The, the scripture reads, another parable he put forth to them, saying he had given the parable of the sower uh, going out to sow, 
and some of the seed fell on, on uh, the pathway, some fell on stony ground where there were a lot of rocks, and then some fell among the thorns, and then some fell among the good ground. And so uh, that's what we are in the kingdom of heaven. That's what it looks like, that there are some people who are really dancing and shouting for joy, but, but they're really shallow. They don't have much deep earth, and as soon as difficulties come, they're gone. You know, so this is what we see. This is what we see. And so you can uh, understand now what we are seeing. We're not, we're not condemning anybody to hell or anything like that. We're showing you what God uh, is saying through his son, Jesus Christ. And so in verse 31, it says, Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which, is indeed, which indeed is the least of all the seeds, but when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. And so Jesus is showing us that the, this is what the kingdom is like. It's like something that starts out tiny, really tiny. It, it's not the, the, it wasn't the biggest. There were big systems and institutions and whatever. But this little one just starts to grow, 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 grow. And it is attracted even, as it were, the birds of the air, it says, the birds of the air. It means that it has become a place where people can find protection and some safety. I've, I've often said to people, and a few have broken the rules, and of course when they do, I, I talk to them about it. I, I chastise them when I know that, because I said, this is a safe place. This sanctuary is a safe place. This is a no fighting zone, no arguing zone, no accusing zone, and if I know you do it, I'm gonna talk to you. Oh, I'm serious. No, as that old uh, cowboy show said, no brag, just facts. All right, because people ought to be safe here. And so that's it. But many people will go to church because they, they feel good when they go, but they still do not accept Jesus Christ. And that, that's what happens in this particular sphere. Now, let me show you Mark's account in Mark chapter 4, verses 30 to 32. And we'll get back to some of the others in a minute. He says, to what shall we liken the kingdom of God, or with what parable shall we picture it? So Mark says, what parable, uh, what story shall we paint for you so that you'll understand uh, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And then he, he says, it is like the mustard seed. It's sown in the ground, smaller than all the seeds on the earth. When it is sown, it grows up, becomes greater than all the herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may nest under its shade. And so Matthew says, uh, they come to nest in its branches. And Mark says, it, uh, it rests under the shade. So it shows us the 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 varied way that people find a protection, as it were, or rest in, among the people of God. And then uh, uh, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 12, I, the thought came to me, and I wanted to share this with you, that uh, Genesis says in verse 12, 1 verse 12, and the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit whose seed is in itself according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. And so what you find here is that the seed of the Word of God, we are rather products of the seed of the Word of God. And so he says the, uh, the tree that yields fruit whose seed is in itself um, uh, according to its kind. And so we find that you and I are products of the Word of God. So 
we came forth right now as, as, the, as a, a product of the seed of the Word of God. In Matthew 13, uh, when the sower sows, uh, the seed or the Word is what is sown. It's just the Word that's sown. And then next, you see the parable of the wheat and the weeds, or the wheat and the tares, and the seed are now, di I mean, the, they're different. The seed now are what we would call uh, in the rural areas, seedlings. They are now the, the people of God. First, the Word of God, now the people of God are the seed. So what God does, it's like God has a, like a hotbed where he, he, he sows the Word of God, and in this hotbed that all of the, the uh, uh, the little plants that grow up, he takes them and he plants them in different places. Now, that's what he does. And, I, you know, does anybody uh, ever get upset with God for, for planting somebody that you've really grown close to and you really love and enjoy? You want to be with them the rest of your life and their life or whatever, and he moves them to another city. Yeah, he's done that to me a lot. But he, but he plants them where he wills. And that's what it is. You and I are... Be, are in, in process of becoming everything that the Word is. Everything. I know that sounds almost blasphemous, but it's not. You and I become that. Because uh, John tells us in First John, he tells us that, that you and I have been born of God, therefore we cannot sin. Now, I know expositors and, 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 and these commentators uh, for years have fixed that uh, to make it right because they know this can't be right because of experience and they've done everything. And I was joining them because they said, no, it just means you won't keep on sinning. That's not really what it means. It means what John says it means. It means you cannot sin because there's a place in every truly born again believer where that is perfect and right. And it's a new heart. It is perfect and right. And you're not boasting in yourself when you say, there's a place in me that, that no wrong ever occurs. And that is the place where God saved me. Because if that is, it does not exist, you're not saved. What are you saved from if it's all theory? It's not theory. It's real and actual. You have a new heart, and in that place, the Holy Spirit dwells in that place. The Word of God lives. Amen? And that's where the Word of God is. And He is working that reality into our thinking, into our everyday activities. That's what God is doing. So, so then um, in John chapter 1, uh, verse 14, it says something like this. Help me. It says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Notice, the Word became flesh. That's mind-blowing. And dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. Is that right? full of grace and truth. And so what he says to us is that the Word of God became a human being. And so likewise, this is what we are. So, so we, are being, we are growing into that. And I've taught on that bits and pieces, shared a lot of things with you about what that looks like uh, in, that, in that that place is perfect in you. The other place, the soul area, is being made like the new heart. It's being made like that. And you have a, portion, a part in how much of that is, is totally finished when Jesus comes or when you go to be with him. You have a part to play in that. You have to obey God. But the amazing thing is you don't have to obey God by your own strength. You obey God by what God does for you. Yeah. Does that sound tricky? 
It's not really tricky to me, right? But it may be tricky. What I'm saying is you obey God by what God has done for you. All you have to do is yield to what God has done for you. God has made you a new creation. You obey God out of that. God has, has, has brought you forth by the word. So you have to obey the word and just cooperate by obeying the word in your mind, your will, your emotions. All right? Amen. So, wow. So, so let me c continue. Um, in Luke 13, uh, verse 18, maybe 18 through 21, but in, in 18 it says, then he said, what is the kingdom of God like? And to what shall I compare it? And he talks about the mustard seed. And, uh, and he talks about a large tree and the birds nesting um, in, its, um, in its branches. Thank you. Now, it does the same thing. And so then, now we find uh, in verse 33 of Matthew, let's run to Matthew, or we, we could do uh, Luke uh, uh, 20, but let's go to Matthew 13, 33. I just compare the wording of those. Are, you, are we there? Another parable he spoke to them. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it was all leaven, or three, or, or three measures of flour until it was all leaven. And she's saying yeast. So it, uh, it's less leaven and yeast are the same. Um, and so I, I, I used to make bread, you know, and I, I loved making this bread, putting the yeast in it and seeing it rise and then hitting, knocking it down so it could rise again. And one day I was making bread and I realized, oh, that's what Jesus does for us, you know. <laughs> You know, you, you know, you're a young person, you get all excited about Jesus, and then you get knocked down, and then you rise again. And that rising again is the true rising. I, I, I was talking to Pastor Stan Mack and, and one day years ago, a couple of decades ago, we were talking about this. And, uh, you know, I can't remember to bring bread from home from the store, but I can remember what happened 20 years ago. <laughs> And so we were talking about the, this particular analogy, and we was talking about, yeah, I said, you know, like baking bread. And I, said, and I said, you know, you get knocked down so you can rise again. He said, you know why that is, don't you? I, I didn't know. I just knew it happens, right? He, he said, because you got to get all the gases and all the bread. He said, yeast produces the gas, and you got to push it down so it gets all in it. So the things you think you know, God has to allow you to go through something so it'll get all in you. All right? That's what happens. Just got to get all in you. And that second rising is the one you want. You don't want to eat any bread that just rose one time. All right. All right. It says it's like leaven. Now, this produces problems for many of us who, who study the Bible and study the Bible, study the Bible. And, but it produces some problems because I would say 99% of the time you find leaven in the scriptures is not meaning anything good. It's always something bad. You know, get the leaven out of your house. It's like the sin out of your house. D get rid of that. But here it says the kingdom of heaven is like this. So then I have to try to, I don't say, well, I, I wanted to just say, I won't talk about that parable. I did. I was tempted. But I said, I can't dodge the parable. If I don't know it, I need the congregation to know I don't know all of it yet. And I don't know all of it yet. But this is what I do know. He says, it is like leaven. And just like leaven, leaven uh, works its way through all of the dough, all of the, the flour. It works its way in. It, it has that propensity. It's like dynamic, 
right? Dynamic. And I believe he is saying that the kingdom of heaven is like, it's dynamic. That the kingdom of heaven, uh, when it starts, it just works its way in everything. And remember the, the, the analogy of the seedlings. We are now the seed of God, but we're like seedlings. We, are, we have come forth based on the seed of the Word of God. We are a product of the seed of the Word of God. I am a product of the Word of God. You are a product of the Word of God. You are a product of the Word of God. And, and so now what God does is He takes us and He disperses us in, in, in one job over here, another job, another job, and we're all in these places. We're all in every kind of industry all over. And so it's just like leaven. The kingdom of heaven is just like leaven. It's in everything. Wow. It's in everything. Yeah. So God has influence everywhere. I just feel like shouting. I really do. It's amazing God. And so don't forsake this amazing blessing for stuff that just shines, but it's not really good. And, um, and so, now I, I said in the first service, I'll say briefly, I'm always talking to you about the world system. I always do that. I, I sometimes I'll say, I'm not gonna do that anymore. God, I'm not gonna do that anymore. I don't want to do it anymore. I don't feel good when I do that. And then I find myself doing it. So I believe God wants me to do it. But I'm always talking to you about the world system and how so many Christians find themselves uh, always gravitating to the world system, trying to fix uh, the world system. You can't fix it. It's irreparably broken. It's irreparably broken. It's not going to be fixed by you. But you are there as salt and light, keeping things held together until Jesus is ready. You know, that's what your, your job is. Your job is not there to do that. Your job is not there to defend or condemn. Your job is there as salt and light. Are you with me? You're there as salt and light. That's what the Lord wants you to know. So he has us in everything. He has us in every place. And uh, no, no, you may say, well, I don't know if he's in that other party, in a political party. I don't know if he's in the other party. Yeah, he has people in that one too. He has the, the people in the party you don't like. Yeah. And there's somebody in the other party looking at you. They think God doesn't have anybody. Yes, he does. <laughs> I mean, man, this is, this is an awakening. Yeah, do you know God loves Republicans? You know, <laughs> I'm going to mess up my point, whoever you were over there. God loves Democrats. God loves independents. He's got some of his people everywhere. All oh, this thing will just totally collapse. Believe it or not, he has some people even in Hollywood. That's a crazy place. I'm glad he didn't send me there. He has people everywhere. That's the kingdom of heaven is like that. It's an amazing place. Now listen to what he, what he says. Wow. My, you know, whenever when somebody else is preaching, it's like time just creeps by. But I'm preaching is just. <laughs> wow, okay. Okay, let me, let me hurry. In God's time. Yeah, I, I, I like that statement. It's God's time. But I'm looking at about six or seven hundred of them over there against one. <laughs> all right. All right, I better preach. Verse 34 says All these things Jesus said to the crowds in parables. Indeed, he said nothing to them without a parable. Indeed, he said nothing to them without a parable. Notice that's amazing, isn't it? 
I know I was taught years ago, and, and I heard people say it everywhere. It was pervasive. They would say, oh, Jesus taught in parables so the people could understand. And, and he's a man of God saying that. You know, people who are well studied saying that. That's not at all what the scriptures say. No, he, he taught because there were many of them who were unworthy. They were God-haters. They weren't God-fearers, and he didn't want them to understand because seeing, they, would, they wouldn't perceive. You know, hearing, they wouldn't understand. That's what, that's what it was about. It was judgment. You know, you can just keep resisting God. I don't want you, God. I don't want you, God. I don't want you, God. Say, okay, you don't want me? You got it? I sure don't do that to me, Jesus. Hallelujah. And so it says, speaking in parables, verse 35, this was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter what has been hidden since the foundation of the world. We're talking about the kingdom of heaven now. We're talking about this rule of God. By speaking in parables, Jesus was fulfilling Scripture, and at the same time, he was teaching truths not previously revealed. Let me show you where we get that from. It's Psalm 78, verse 2. Psalm 78, verse 2. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. Wow. Now listen, it's amazing. It's amazing. Let me tell you what Jesus is showing us. So here he is saying that, that the people who understand us, we are, we are to tell them to our children. We are to tell them constantly to our children. So then God has a people and a people group made up of multiple nations. He's got, he has a people group while the world is crazy, going haywire. Somebody says going to hell in a handbasket. God has a people at the same time. Who's doing all the right things, hearing from God. They have revelation from God. They know God. They're children of God at the same time. That's what the kingdom of heaven is like, he says. That's amazing. So now you don't get so spastic when somebody, I thought they were a Christian. Oh, you didn't have to loan them that $5,000 just because they were Christian. Now you're mad at God because you got gypped. No. No. We have all kinds, right? Jesus says in Matthew 13, 11, it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. It has been given to you. It has been given to you. It's your birthright. But to them, it has not been given. And he was talking about those religious leaders. Isn't that mind-blowing? Isn't that eye-opening? He was not talking about the, the harlots. He was not talking about the tax collectors. He was talking about those religious leaders. It was those religious leaders who killed Jesus. They got Rome to execute, but they're the ones who passed the sentence. Religious leaders. Jesus has to help me. I have to get off that quickly. I'm almost done. In verse 37, same chapter. Let's read a few verses and we'll be done. 
he answered them, he answered and said to them, he who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, the good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. We got that. But the tares are the sons of the wicked ones. And so what that means is, when you have a church like this, somebody in here is not right. Don't let it be you. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. So what does that mean? It means the devil brings people to church to cause problems. Not to worship, but to cause problems, to, to judge, to point the finger. So don't be all shocked and surprised. That's okay. There are more that be with us than with them. The enemy showed them is the devil, the harvest is the end of the age, the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares or the weeds are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend those who practice lawlessness. Those who practice lawlessness. He's going to send his angels, he's going to take everybody out. Everybody. Everybody out of the kingdom who's lawless. You know what that means? Those who sin willfully, always sinning. And they say things like, the Lord loves me. I know God loves me, but you just sin. You enjoy it. You do it over and over. But you go to church, he said, hey, tears, weeds. Every now and then you may raise your hand because that song got you, not Jesus. You know, you have an opportunity to change things. That, that's the enigma of our faith, the enigma, the puzzling thing of our faith. Sometimes it's, it's, it just says, how can that be true? It's so puzzling. But that's the enigma of our, of our faith. You can say, Jesus, I don't want that to be me. I've been pretty careless. I've been slack. I don't want that for me. Would you change me, Jesus? You know what Jesus will do? He'll change you. I'm telling you, he'll change you. Let me tell you what's going to happen. See, everybody, every, every, there's a song. I don't know, honey, my wife knows about three or 400 songs. It's amazing. I know she has a, everybody who's talking about heaven, not going there, heaven. You know that song? Y'all remember that one? Anybody remember that song? Everybody, everybody's talking about heaven not going there, heaven. Everybody's singing about heaven's not going there, heaven. Okay, maybe I made it up. <laughs> but let me just say it. Everybody who's talking about heaven not going there, heaven. Everybody who's singing about heaven is not going there, heaven. And I'm the kind of guy, I have to be all in or all out. I'm not going to be part in, part out. I'm not going to play act here, and I advise you not to do that. Listen, what's going to happen at the end of this age, and the end of this age could come tomorrow. I think we have some time, but the end of this age could come tomorrow because Jesus said you don't know the day or the hour. It could come in a few minutes. But when it comes, this is what's going to happen. Jesus, the Son of Man, will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, all things that offend 
and those who practice lawlessness or those who sin and will cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And this is what Jesus is saying. He is saying that he's going to, at the end, take everybody out that we didn't know was, was not in. And then we're going to look like the sons of God we are. That's what he's saying. I don't have time for the rest of it, but let me just share in a nutshell. I was, a number of years ago, we had a bunch of, a lot of ficus trees. Remember that, Brother Eric? We had all those ficus trees in there. We had ficus trees everywhere. We had a member of the church who had a nursery, went out of business, and gave us ficus trees and chapelera, and man, we were just rich in trees. And so, and, and uh, some, the person who was taking care of them got weary. I won't tell y'all who that was. And, uh, <laughs> and I said, we need to get rid of these trees. And so we got rid of the trees. But the person before that said, oh, these trees don't look good, but if you shake them, they will look good. And I'm thinking, that makes no sense. I'm from the country, but I thought that made no sense. And one day, uh, th this person went and was shaking the trees. And all the dead leaves fell off because they were hidden by the, the, the lively green leaves. They were like hidden. But when they fell off, that, the tree that we thought was beautiful was gorgeous. I mean, I said, wow! It shook all the dead stuff off. And that's what the angels are going to do at the end. Everybody that we don't know is not right, he's going to shake them loose. And then we're going to shine like a sun. That's what God is after. But I'm saying to you, in the meantime, don't worry. Because the kingdom of heaven has many pictures. It's like a dragnet that you just drag, get the fish, all kinds of fish. You're not trying to discriminate. You're getting all the fish. And when you get them to the shore, you pick out the good ones and throw the bad ones away. That's what it's going to be like. Now, now, now today, today I, I didn't mean to be some old fire and brimstone preacher. I feel like Jacob, I've lived a long time and I have not yet attained to the fire and brimstone of my past. Those were some fire and brimstone preachers that I was a little boy who didn't do anything but chew bubble gum and I wanted to get saved from chewing it too fast, you know, or something like that. <laughs> but I'm saying to you today, man, if you're here today and uh, you, don't, you don't know Jesus, you can know Jesus by simply saying, Jesus, I want to know you, help me. And so if that's you today, I want you to just raise your hand and say, that's me. I want to give my heart to Jesus today. Is there anybody here like that? You know, don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. All of us have been in the same place. I see your hand, precious. Is anybody else? Anyone? Look, look. All of us were in that place. Every one of us. I grew up with saved mom and daddy, saved grandparents, saved uncles, aunts, saved, saved, saved. And I needed to be saved. Come on. Is there anybody else you want, to, you want to give your heart to Jesus today? Anyone?